0: And hello, movie lovers. And today I actually have one of my good friends with me. I have Josh. Of course, Josh and I actually did another little review about a month back. We actually did the... uh, It was that new Adam Sandler movie. It's called Hustle. Hustle. We ended up doing that about a month ago. And it was an awesome film. And I'm excited to have Josh here. He's one of my favorite people to actually talk Game of Thrones with. And here's another thing I want to mention. Abby couldn't make it, so therefore I had to get somebody else. I'm actually happy to have... The king of midnight here which is josh so let's go ahead let's get on with the show all right
1: hey man how you been doing i'm feeling rather well ruling the north is in my favor it's snowing (laughs) the wolves are out we're catching boars everything else in between i am proud to be a Winterfell, my friend. I'm doing well, brother.
0: How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's always great to talk to um, House of the Dragon, and it's good to actually have you here. So I'm just going to go ahead and give a little bit of a backstory about what happened in the fourth episode, and then from there, we'll get get on with our review. So Ranera, this is actually called King of the Narrow Sea, and Ranera travels to Storm's End, where she meets and rejects countless suitors. She returns to King Landing just as a as prince damian arrives from the step stones on his dragon his dragon carcasses da- damian says he was named king of the narrow sea but swears alliances to king Viserys and gives the king his crown so that's a little bit of a backstory about what happened so let's get this will do a little deep dive into this thing so The introduction of this, of where she's actually trying to point somebody as her right hand person to actually help her and point her with things, just doesn't go the way that she wants wanted to go. You have a young kid that I'm like, what are you gonna do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude. (laughs) I mean,
1: if if you think about it, that kid, he was pretty much everything that Lord Farquaad aspired to be. Okay, he came in short supply, but but he measured up to what was needed to be in that moment. Getting that guy for making fun of him the whole time. Like, okay. Oh yeah.
0: I love that. Like that was, that was awesome though, to see him take him down and it goes to show you, okay, I underestimated this kid and stuff like that. So I was actually happy with that. And then of course it goes into her going back home. And I like how the dragon flies over her ship to, to actually capture how angry her father is at, at her. Because I actually felt like that's what it was actually representing how angry her father is. And also, too, and also too I felt like it also explained his level of anger whenever he gets angry with her towards the end of the show. So I felt like it felt, it actually set the tone for the show, in a sense.
1: So kind of like that looming cloud that was pretty much over her. Maybe like, <laughs> even, it could even be her stirring anger, too. Um, that's true yeah just just as much as you know Viserys is mad at her um she is just as angry at him like obviously you know he said look you can go pick whoever you want but then she has to go on this tour does she really feel like going on this tour I absolutely not and um honestly I just to harken back to last week's episode there's a line that uh Sir Kristen Cole said to her that I found that was very interesting and I think that should be important for her character in the future when he said, like, look. I mean, I can't I'm not going to say it verbatim, but to paraphrase, there are people who wish to be in your place. And she's like, well, I mean, who would want to be essentially like "Well, who would want to be a princess? I mean, anybody anyone like the lowest of lows and when she goes through the town later on in the episode and you're seeing like yeah we're gonna get into that
0: because there's a lot of stuff i want to deep dive into on that because i really loved how the town is representing who she is and she's not she's to me is isolated within this uh castle itself to the point where she doesn't understand what's going on on the outside so we're gonna get into that in a few minutes because there's a lot of stuff that i want to unpack there but i like where you're going with it yeah um but I want to talk about Damon. Whenever he enters this, this reminds me of a WWE thing where you have Vince McMahon sitting at the throne, and here comes Edge, coming in. He comes in with his crown, and you know what I'm going for. But Damon <laughs> enters uh, the king's chambers from War, wearing a crown, adding his weapon to the king's seat. And King of the Narrow Sea is what he's called because of the fact he he ended up killing. The crab, the guy that had, well, the guy, you know, the the crab crab eater, Mm -hmm. which to me was outstanding last uh, last episode. I really love the look of the crab eater. And so, of course, you know, no, Viserys looking at him like, okay, are you insulting me? What are you doing with this crown on your head? But whenever Damon says, wait, 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 I'm not here to insult you. I'm actually the king of this realm that these people look to. Now, because of the fact that I defeated them, but I'm not here to insult you. Here, here's my crown. To just to show you that I am not insulting you. And he mm-hmm. winds up bowing down to Vizary. Uh, and I like that moment because at that time in the last couple of episodes, he hasn't really been bowing down to him. He's been pretty much doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. And now you have a level of respect between Vizari uh, and also Damon. So I definitely like that.
1: I agree. I uh Actually, like John, just great points, my friend. Um, I think like with that moment, I honestly felt as though there was probably going to be a shift in Damon's character. Um, because this whole time, I've been feeling as if that he's not the actual overall villain, right? Um, I think that he's set up to seem like it,
0: but you see, he's not. I don't you see. Think here's he the is. thing. Here's the thing, though. I never saw Damon as the villain in this because he has that thing of where he draws a certain line. Because we saw that where he doesn't allow rape, he doesn't allow anybody to insult his family, he doesn't allow... He's the only one that can talk about his family and stuff like that. So I never saw him as the essential villain, but I'm still looking for the baddie. I'm still looking for who is the person that needs to be taken down. And so far, we haven't seen that yet. I thought it might have been with the... uh, Crap person at like last season, I thought, okay, not last season, but last episode. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, okay, is this going to be the person that winds up going through the, the whole entire season? But I'm glad. And now that looking back on it, at first, you know, Abby was actually happy with the fact that they took care of that right away. I was kind of like, I wanted to see more, but now I'm like, you know what, it was okay. You know, I'm fine with, with the way they did it. Looking yeah. back at it,
1: I think because they want to keep things uh, concise. And I honestly felt like, you know, I did. I felt the same way you did. I thought that he would be in it a bit more um, because, like, he was mentioned so much. So I was thinking, well, hey, I guess Mr. Krabs is this giant, looming threat. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> like, <Mr. Krabs. laughs> oh my God. You
1: know, you know he's going to look like the worst know.
0: superhero villain
1: ever. <laughs> We're to wage war against the crusty crab realm. <laughs> like, you know.
0: But yeah, I, I get what you're saying, you know, dude. I get, yeah, I get but,
1: it. You know, it's funny uh, with Damon too. He actually reminds me of another Damon from Vampire Diaries. Mm. Honestly, because it's like they have the, those similarities of they have their qualities that make them kind of. It's almost like you you hate them, but then there's those things that they do that make you love them at the same time. They portray themselves as these. Overall, like these these badasses, they're the bad boy, That they they, they they just don't care. They do their own thing. But um, I think at some point he'll have a turn just like Damon did in Vampire Divers, where it's like, well, you'll see that more, you'll see more of his heroicness. And I think that's um something that'll be planted in that relationship that he has with Rhaenyra. Um, not to not with that point because I know we're not there yet, as far as talking about it. But I think like there's there's gonna be a setup there where I believe he can um he'll have that turnaround, and we'll see him as more of like a little bit more of a hero. I just don't right. think, and, and obviously he he in a way he respects his brother, but he also is very jealous of him. So he's very torn. It's very he is torn, he's torn
0: because torn. of the fact that he wasn't actually the right he wasn't the heir to the throne. He ended up putting Renara in charge instead of him. Right. so he does feel a little bit of insulted like i said going back on what i was saying though was mm-hmm. this i definitely do feel like there's a hint of jealousy because of the fact that he gave renera the responsibility of the ear whenever it was actually something that was different and historically different than what they normally do in the traditions so therefore because he didn't do that he also feels insulted so i don't blame Damien damon at all for feeling the way he does but I'm also here's the thing. I'm also every single time I see Damon, he always winds up taking charge of a scene, yeah. and he takes full control of it. And that's what I like about Damon's character. I'm always waiting for him to show up, and because he's actually one of my favorite characters out of this uh, series right now, and stuff like that. But another thing I want to mention is this: the stuff with Damon and uh, Ren Whenever you wind up seeing them celebrating and stuff like that you wind up seeing this one scene between the two of them. Of course, Damon is looking at her like kind of like a lustful way. Some people might actually put it as, but I didn't look at it inside that kind of context at first because of the fact I was thinking, okay, he's seeing his cousin for the very first time. And since he's been fighting out there, so he's just trying to get to know her again and try to catch up with her. But my, my favorite thing is whenever they talk in that dialect and that uh, Targaryen uh, kind of way, And my favorite thing is this. This is my favorite quote that he says. You cannot live your life in fear, or you will forsake the best parts of it. And it was about him trying to tell her, hey, look, don't fear what's in front of you or anything like that. Embrace it. Make it your own. And don't worry about who's doing what or telling you what to do. Do what's best for you, because you know what's best for you, is what he's trying to say. So that's what I got out of that kind of context because of the fact that – Damon's just trying to be there for her and then you know and of course Renera also doesn't want to marry somebody for just political power she wants to marry someone that's generally going to love her and not just someone that's going to want to have a political kind of thing where it's to actually unite houses she wants to actually have someone that's there for her and of course you know you don't see how it's being played out until like later on in the episode especially whenever you see Remember that backlash that he had with the other per- uh, the other person that wanted uh, Visery to marry his yes. daughter?
1: Uh, Corliss. Corliss Vilever. Yeah.
0: So here's the thing. With Corliss, now you actually see the implications of not marrying his daughter. So now he has to go to somebody else to marry, marry his daughter. She's so 12. then, yeah, she's 12 years old. <laughs> but, <laughs> but... Also, too, now you also see the repercussions now because of the fact that Renara doesn't want to marry somebody in power or in political gain or anything like that either. She wants someone that loves wants to love her. So now you see repercussions for that.
1: Absolutely. One of the best things that the show does is th- those themes. Um, love and duty. You know, like, which one honestly is stronger? I mean, can- do you think that ruling a kingdom would be better if, the king and queen actually had genuine love for each other or do you think that it's just strictly off the strength of you know we put these political pieces and pawns and uh in place to kind of build up that kingdom and it's like on both sides you can see it they presented on both sides honestly where it's like okay you can see how this could you know love has all of this this strength and then the duty part has all the strength but at the end of the day which one is more I guess, like in a way, like morally right, you know. Um, I just feel like with Raynera in this, um, that's that's the whole struggle between her and her father, because I want to see them like eventually be like a unit, you know. Um, but I don't with you know these types of stories that George R. 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 Martin tells and how. Game of Thrones is it's like
0: well, love doesn't always prevail, it usually no. ends
1: in bloodshed.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so, man. What? We saw the red hey, I'm not gonna give no spoilers because you're watching it, binge watching all the Game of Thrones stuff, but, <sighs> but still we all know what happened with the red wedding.
1: That red wedding was ridiculous. Like I I want Walter Frey's head on a pike, <laughs> like
0: right. <laughs> Oh, to be honest with you, that reminds me of a, like a mafia hit. You're insulting like Tony Soprano for not oh, marrying his daughter. Yeah. And then you're and it's like, OK, that's fine. No, it's not. You're going to get whacked.
1: And that's it. And that's that.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, um, but, you know, going on this whole entire thing with Renera, and I like the how she sits down with the queen, which is supposed to be your friend the first couple of episodes mm-hmm. and in the, the queen is sitting down with her. She goes, sometimes I just wish that I was just a maiden again. I just wish that I was serving drinks. But this is my duty. This is what I'm called to do now. And I like how she does that. It makes it more humanized in a sense where, you know, it gives you more of an emotion to where people were questioning their own inabilities even back then and be like, look, I wish that I didn't have this title. I wish that I could just turn back the hands of time and not have this title and be friends with you again and talk to you on a personal level versus being a mother. So that's what I got out of that context. But, you know, my, my heart just sank for her because of the fact of the weight that she actually has to carry and because of the fact that she used to be friends with her now daughter. And now it has to be a mother and daughter kind of bond versus it being a friendship bond.
1: You're right. And I liked what you did there. Turn back time. They're sharing. <laughs> 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 well, thank you. I am a poet. But uh, see, th- there it is, poet, the bard, John DeGrigio. See, and you're right. I just feel like it's it's so strange seeing how her friend is now having to step into a role of now being in a position higher than her. Not only that, but then also taking another role of well, I also have to, in a way, be your, your mother because now I'm your stepmother, and it's ah, it's it's so strange. But you're right. I like how they humanized um, Allison there for a moment because it's like, whoa! Well, now she has to deal with all this extra weight, you know. And you never really know what you're dealing with until you end up in that position. It's like when you climb the ladder, you know, when you're at the bottom of the ladder, you're not really thinking of well, what everybody else has to manage. You just have your own little little box. So she's just serving drinks, but now she's up at the top, where it's like oh, now she's the queen. Now she has to also not only play mother, she has to, you know, provide an heir give advice to uh, Viserys while also being a puppet to Otto, her father. So there's a lot going on here and trying That's to great. balance the kingdom, you know, and, um, uh, I, can, can I ask you something? Yeah, go ahead. Do you, I just do not trust Otto Hightower.
0: I call him Metal finger. <laughs> okay. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, he because because Abby and I have been talking about this for the first three episodes, and it seems like the Macers has their own hidden agendas as to why they want to help him heal, Yeah, because of the condition that he was in, but I don't know if he still has a condition. Yeah, the maids were actually scrubbing on his arm or whatever, but they didn't actually touch on the rash or anything anymore. It's been a year or two since that actually happened. I wish they would touch back on that, just to see if, if that thing is still there or not. But... You know, I'm thinking that Otto has his own hidden agendas. Of course, they wind up talking about that whenever, whenever they're trying to name the son. And I liked how his brother turns around and goes, "Really? This is what you're wanting to base your stuff on?" He's he just literally ate oatmeal with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know, Otto's thinking. It, to be honest with you, I don't see Otto making it out of this first season. Because I don't
1: think so. Yeah.
0: At least Littlefinger had his hands in every single place that he traveled to. Otto right. has not been doing any traveling at all. Even in the first season of Game of Thrones with Middlefinger, you see him going from town to town and things like that. You don't see Otto doing anything but staying in that little small town and trying to spy on his on the Viserys daughter. That's all you see. You don't see anything else other than that. So I don't see him as being as smart as Middlefinger, but he uh, but he is definitely. Uh, well, I said middle finger. I mean little finger. He is definitely middle finger, though. <laughs>
1: but he does deserve a middle finger. He de- He deserves yes. several middle fingers. You're, you're right. Um, I mean, other than like when he went to Dragonstone, but that was just off of an, an order. I mean, he's not like you're right. He's not going around and um, you know, putting pawns in places. It's just, you know, what he's more like um, Green Worm Tongue.
0: Mm, that's in actually a Europe good example.
1: Yep, he's he is Grimal Tongue in the ear of Theoden and the is just catching on later on in the episode. Um, well, I don't know if he do you think he actually caught on, or do you just think, like, look, I mean, he just felt like he was a little shady, but he didn't really know Otto's intentions. But he was obviously feeling like there's a vibe here that you're giving it, and I'm not digging it, so you gotta it- go.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking of Vasari of Vis- of is going to go on in and kill him soon, because yeah. of the fact that he's because of all the people you're spying on his own daughter, you're tailing the king's daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's you're lining up to be executed, dude. There's cool. no coming back from that. You have exactly. to be careful. He goes. Well, it is my job, my king, to report on the duties that goes on around here. I'm like, okay, so. Bordellos, you're going around a bordello randomly, checking and seeing if the king's daughter's in a bordello. You're tailing her. That's weird. This, yeah, that's, that's even weird. weirder than Damon bringing her to a bordello. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm gonna talk about that in a minute mm. on what I think about the hidden meaning behind that. Okay, And why I don't think it is as creepy as people make it out to be in a sense, and I'm not. By the way, I do not represent incest or anything like that (laughs) so i don't like incest (laughs) but you know i am gonna uh, there is a little bit of hidden message i believe that the way i actually took it until Mm -hmm. until i saw a couple of other things that i'd say okay now i see where people are actually getting that kind of information from but let's talk about this renero actually sneaks out with damon Mm -hmm. and he and i like how he goes through the town and i like the musicians i love the sorcery i love the visual effects with that and i like how he's taking her through each section of the town he's like look you've been up in that castle all this time this is all you know you yeah. are safe in your castle let me show you everything on the outside of this castle and let me show you what the town people are thinking of you and also mm. on the outside because here's the thing let's like for example taking biden to random people in parts of the city, oh god! You know, <laughs> I'm just using an example here because this actually goes with political stuff in a sense. But it's like taking him out of the White House and putting him in like middle class neighborhoods, and them telling that telling him what they think of him in disguise. And that's exactly what uh, Renera is doing. She's out in disguise; nobody knows who she is. They think that she's a kid. And I like the stage play because it's going into the play of everything that's happened in our life and how people outside of the walls are actually thinking of them and of how they're thinking of them as a joke versus how it actually runs politically. Politically indoors, it works. Politically outdoors, amongst other people, does not work. They're not seeing the political uh, agendas from the outside of the walls, from the inside of the walls.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I just think like if you're going from city to city, I hope you can stay on your bike. But, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) know, but but, but you're right. And I thought it was so interesting because I always, I often wonder um, because I've read a lot of Shakespeare and I, I just wonder like how way back when, when they were doing, you know, those types of plays, was it very much similar to things like that? Like, okay, if they, there was like some big, I don't know, political event, like, you know, I don't know, the birth of an heir or something. Um, How would they perceive that and play that out? Similar to what Joffrey did at uh, his wedding that he got killed at, you know, and had all the the dwarves come out and pretty much go through the whole story. And I thought that was a really cool element that they did. Pretty much going through the entire story up to that point. Um, And it's all about perception. I think that's what Damon was trying to teach you, all about public perception. Like, this is... You need to see this for your own eyes, understand it while you're in disguise. And then when you head back, you can attack it. And then, you know, people will be like, huh, okay," You can open our eyes a little bit as as queen. And I think that's a good first step because you need to be able to step among the people that you're ruling over. Exactly. And know what they need, know what they want. How do they act? What? Are their likes, mm-hmm. their dislikes? Like, well, who's uh, rivals with what family? Like, th- things that you just have to know. So, as long as you have not only the palace smarts, you
0: also gotta have the street smarts and your book smarts all at the same time. Exactly, so, mm-hmm. and that's what I made my point with Abby whenever uh, she was on on him for like the first three episodes. The thing about Damon is he's walking amongst the people. He knows what they want. And things like that versus being in a castle where they don't even know what their own people want or need. The right. demon's out there amongst the people. He's surviving amongst the people. He's finding out things amongst the people. You know what I mean? It's so, how you learn. yes. And I think that's actually a great way for him to teach her. Then, also, too, he's teaching her. Now, this is the part where he goes in the Bordello and he's showing her. Th- what life is about reproducing and having kids. But I also like how they go into this narrative a little bit though, too, at the very start. Remember whenever they're back over at the celebration party? Because yeah, well, if you were married and you did what what I would do, you'd be you'd be considered a whore, basically. Right. No. And that's, big, yeah. and that's just put I'm not going for verbatim. That's actually, you know what I'm saying? So right you know it's okay for you to do that but for me to do something like that it's it'll be considered me being a whore so therefore i cannot do what you do because he said oh marriage is easy i can just go on ahead and do whatever i want that's what that's what we do it'll mm-hmm. be fine and he's un- not understanding she's a woman she's not a man and there's a line that you don't that between men and women which is not right Mm-hmm. At all, it should be the same rules as a guy as it is for a woman,
1: right? A stuff a. like that too. Mm-hmm. You don't
0: you don't put anything in in between that or anything like that. And you know, so whenever he goes to that Bordello, and she doesn't have any friends. Okay, this is going. Re- remember Mel Kelly Colkin and My Girl. Whenever he's learning how to kiss somebody, or mm-hmm. let's say for instance, you have a best friend that's the opposite sex, and you're trying to learn how to kiss. Yeah. For example, she doesn't have any friends. But he's trying to take her over there to show her this is what life is. Mm You screw, you get pregnant, and you have all these emotions that you never knew you had before because you've never been around someone of the opposite sex before to make you feel a certain kind of way. So, and then whenever he goes in and kisses her, it's like the Macaulay Culkin kiss, in a sense, of practicing with a friend and trying to show her the emotions of what it's like to be wrapped up in all that stuff. That's just me taking it, even though it's a very creepy kind of way of actually doing it, and a family member doing it versus a friend, but she doesn't have any friends. All she has is high power people.
1: It's you're, It's creepy, but you do make a excellent point. Uh, I would say, like, you know, um, see, at first, well, let me let me let me backtrack a bit. What <laughs> I like in your point is too, is that it's almost it's almost like it's set up in the previous episode when um she was with Kristen Cole and they were out in the woods. And mm-hmm. they were bonding pretty much. They had the campfire, they killed the boar together, they came back together. And then, you know, after the situation with Damon, they end up actually
0: Doing the deed, they, <laughs> do, they do the
1: deed, knocking, <laughs> Just knocking knocking, weed, knocking some boots. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like John, party got a little dirt on my boots, man. You know, got a
0: little dirt. I gotta got clean up. You know, take off my uh, night, you my night and shiny armor, armor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, which is a lot
1: of armor to take. Like, like, geez, you gotta take all that off and then put it that's
0: a lot going on there. that's a lot I wouldn't even be in the mood by the time I got done with everything I'm like look I'm going to bed I'm still trying to get off my breastplate get look done. dude I mean like if I was a woman or whatever like look I'm done I'm going to bed but wait I'm still trying to take off this help me take off this night this this armor no you need to take it off yourself I'm going to bed going deuces to bed. if this was in 2022 and and this was actually during that time you know your woman is not going to be in the mood to do anything with all that armor and all that armor
1: is like a whole as seen on tv commercial
0: but wait there's more, <laughs> more. <laughs> we're going to teach you how to unbox your knight. is what you're
1: I need perfect.
0: to make a thumbnail of that and have Give
1: like a <laughs> i second that notion like here here
0: you know what i'm actually gonna make a timestamp, and i'm gonna make this a clip <laughs> <Unboxed do. your> <laughs> <night>. <laughs> oh my god That's hashtag so your night anyway you
1: know, well as sir Christopher colt unboxes himself <laughs> and, you know oh I my have, god i have a thought about that too um Okay. Uh to get to get to get to your point there as well like Damon it's weird cuz I thought that when I talked with some other friends of mine and we even talked about this on um multi- fellowship of geekdom on Monday we we're saying like you know there was no penetration and at first but the way the camera made it seem like it was like did he it, to me it looked like it but it wasn't and then he started like backing away like stop stop but she just tried to keep going um, and so you know obviously like I said goes and meets Kristen Cole I think that she's pregnant
0: I think she is too to be honest with you but I'll tell you why in a minute I do want to oh. give some context into that because okay. it does represent the ending of it when the father winds up giving her something to take that's right to T. Yep. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But also, too, there's okay, that's the end of my notes. I have uh Brunera doing the deed. That's that's the end of my notes. But in <laughs> conclusion, <laughs> the deed has been done. <laughs> but okay, so we wind up seeing this other thing that's being played out with middle finger, <laughs> aka auto. <Otto, laughs> and he's telling Vasiri that he saw his. Uh, daughter in a brothel with damon in a unman- unmanly manner mm-hmm. but i'm like the, the dude didn't even sleep with her if that was jamie he'd be he would be all over it that's the difference between damon damon and uh jamie you're right damon actually took a step back is like look i pushed a little too hard on this i need to make my exit because i know what i did he checked his emotions mm-hmm. and he left Jamie wouldn't even care. He would be still trying to tap that. I'm just going to be honest.
1: That's terrible.
0: terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Jamie but... To some boots.
0: <laughs> but here's the thing. I couldn't stand Jamie because of the fact that there was no conscience there to say this is wrong. With Damon, I'm able to say, okay, this dude is okay. He did take it to the extra limit. He was wrong with what he did. But he ended up checking himself and like, look, I'm in the wrong here. I'm making my leave. I'm going to go sleep with uh, this woman that's off the street.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's it. And I can understand if they slept together, but they didn't even sleep together. And there was no really any need of Vasari to be that angry at him because of the fact that they didn't even have intercourse.
1: But see, I think with that is it's like he doesn't he doesn't know. And it's already like, Rene is already on thin ice and Damon's already on thin ice with him. And things are, kind, are very tense between both relationships that he has with them. So it's like, well, who can I really trust? I mean, my Hand of the King has been spying on you too. And then he comes back and tells me this. And what I found humorous in their interaction was, like, Otto is trying his best to not say it the whole time. And um, Viserys is like, well, out with it. Like, what is it? What, what do you mean? Speak it plain. Like, comely, comely. Just, just just say what it is. Just, just, just <laughs> tell me what it is. <laughs> and like Otto is just, I mean, he's, he, it's, yeah, he's watching his words because he knows, it's like, I know this guy's a firecracker. I don't want to set him off. But there's no easy way to say it. But at the same time, you're right. Like, they they didn't do anything. Exactly. They didn't do anything,
0: you know? And, so. But I like how the wife handles it first with the daughter, with Venera, yeah. and she goes, no, we never did anything. Yeah, we went to a brothel. But he didn't. she didn't mention that the fact that they kissed or anything like that, but he, he said, right. he left me there and met up with somebody else, and that was it. So that's one thing I told about Abby, Women knows how to control their emotions. Us Mm -hmm. guys, as soon as we say, oh, our daughter's out doing something, we're going to go on ahead and drive to that dude's house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what Vasari did. He didn't check his emotions or anything like that. He just went straight for the gut. And I'm actually surprised Damon didn't even mention the fact that they didn't even sleep together. Because I thought for sure Damon would actually mention that
1: which i thought was weird but do you think that was also on purpose
0: what i'm thinking is this i'm thinking that basically damon should have went on ahead and talked to him and say hey look man i didn't sleep with her and go from there but instead that that was what winded up happening with that with that issue was the fact that basically he believed what auto said he winds up getting angry at uh, what he at what he heard and that's the end of that, you know? And I feel like this as well. I think that they, that Damon should have said something. But also, too, whenever you actually see the other scene that winds up happening where now the father has to try and get somebody to ease this pain. But anyways, I think that she does... I don't think that she winds up taking the drink. I think she winds up... Uh, I think she's going to wind up having the baby. That's just my thinking. That's just the way I'm thinking it. Tell me what you guys think below. Do you think that she took the drink, or did she not take the drink? Comment below on that one. But as far as this goes and everything, guys, I do want to say thank you to Josh for taking his time to be able to talk about House of the Dragon Episode 4. I do appreciate that. And now we're going to go on ahead and close out. But guys, do me a favor. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, we are going to be doing our Lost Boys review. So go ahead stay tuned for that. And until next time, guys...